I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Guy. Hello. How are we doing? I always laugh. There's a pause before you start the podcast where you literally you look into the microphone and you don't know how to speak. I hate. It's one of. The, I don't know why starting the podcast is one of the strangest things because it's like it's like there's no. It, I don't know. I hate record on the computer and then there's a pause. Can I get the little Christmassy jingle in? If anyone hasn't noticed it, Christmassy, they will do now. And then uh, and I'm like, right, what do I say? So I thought, you know what, let's start off with just a nice hi guy this morning. And hi to everybody listening. Welcome back to Rick Shields Podcast. Uh, we are now up uh, episode number 12, I think. Uh, sorry, it's a tiny bit delayed today on the Monday just because I've been away. So we couldn't f- shoot it earlier. Uh, we plan to endeavour to try and release it every single Monday morning for your commute to works. But we are back. I've been away. I've had a busy last week, actually. Trips to Dubai, uh, which was, I was there for literally one full day. Filming with Tommy Fleetwood. That video will be coming out very soon. Tommy Fleetwood is a class act. Um, top 10 in the world. In fact, he might have just moved up even from yesterday because he did. He got second did well, place. Didn't he? he did. He loves that golf course. He shot nine under yesterday to finish in second place, just behind Lee Westwood, or joint second place. And uh, so I did a bit of film with Tommy, class act, did a few extra videos as well. One of them, which might be going tonight, where I play night golf, one of my favorite activities to do in Dubai. That video might be going out later today. And then I was literally there for a day, then flew to Madrid and then flew to Mallorca, where I was there for a week shooting with uh, Garmin, um, some shooting some content for Garmin. So you might see it about, but probably not see it on my platforms. You might see it on my Instagram, Twitter, etc. But hi end level of production things that we're not used to here at Rich Hills Media <laughs> <laughs> we normally just shoot and go where uh, this was like this was crazy we shoot on Rick's uh, iPhone 4S and you know it's good it, it is alright so does the job yeah. <laughs> um, this, the, the, the crew that are out there was fantastic by the way but they had the, a red 5k camera which we've now put on the wish list it was 30,000 uh, euros just for the body of the camera so we wanted three <laughs> <laughs> never mind the lens or the microphones but anyway it was it was class the footage that we got was or Garmin got was unbelievable like I say you might see it in a golf show golf show a golf shop near you soon because it's going to be displayed above the uh the products of Garmin in golf shops around the world so anyway that's me I got back Saturday rest day yesterday and i'm back at it today big week we've got some big 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 that was three bigs 
video pla- videos planned. Some of them on the board you've actually seen yet. So if you look at that top one, don't read it out just yet. But mm. that was a good one, isn't it? Golfers, okay. <laughs> it might not make it, it will basically while Rick was away gallivanting, I was in the office grinding, and I've thought of a video idea. Need some padding out, but that could be a monster. I like that one. That's so, good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, one that was a monster that I didn't expect to be a monster, I actually shot it in Mallorca, uh, was the putter video, the triple track. Yes. And it came as a surprise. It did. And that leads me a little bit onto kind of the theme of today's podcast. So I don't want to make a big song and dance about it, but I'm annoyed today. I'm quite angry. And one of the main reasons why I'm quite angry is that I forgot to put the bins out. So... Went wow. got into bed last night about breaking news. Yeah, so got into bed about ten o'clock last night. Dead cozy. Thought, oh no, I haven't put the bins out. The bin man comes today, so Abby was up for work before me. I said, do us a favour. Can you put the bins out? It's normally my job, but I've forgotten. Hands up. Can you do it in the morning? It's a blue job. Yeah, <laughs> she got up this morning, went to work, and texted me the bins have already been. So now our bins haven't been taken. I'm in a bad mood. We've got loads of rubbish at home. That's life. But then it got me thinking. I'm in a bit of a bad mood. I feel a bit annoyed. And there's something else that's been grinding my gears this last couple of days. And it all comes down to the Odyssey video. Oh. <laughs> well, first off, I'm surprised you are in a bad mood today, considering that your football team turned over my football team yesterday. That's standard. That's expected now, isn't it? <laughs> it was actually a really good match. I didn't watch any of it. Yeah, it um, I watched the highlights, yeah. I'm a United fan. Guys are Liverpool fan, and obviously they won 2-0 and had extended 16-point lead in the Premiership now, which is outrageous. Tied up now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so go on, what, what's annoyed so you about the Odyssey video? The video was really good, but what's annoyed me is there's two massive camps of comments, and I do this with my hands now, like, wait, there's two massive camps of comments that are so polarising, but yet they feel like they come from the same people. Now, the first one is this is an absolute gimmick what a waste of time this is rubbish right the second band of comments are from people saying this shouldn't be allowed this is this is cheating taking all the skill out of the game now those two comments completely polarizing because the comments from the people that are saying this is cheating and it's taking the skill out of the game are essentially saying this product is so good and so revolutionary it's making the game easier Whereas the other band of comments saying this is absolute junk, it's never going to last, it's rubbish. And there's then more comments from people saying, £269, just draw three lines in your putter. But what they're forgetting is that this putter, and I'm not defending Odyssey, but this putter isn't just the three lines, it's the stroke lab shaft, it's the head shape, it's the insert, it's the whole package. You're not just paying 269 for three lines. If there was one Aussie putter that was £200, and then one at 469 that was the same with three lines drawn on, that argument would make sense, but it's not. And it got me thinking, I massively overthought this, as you can probably tell, but it got me overthinking about golfers, and it started to annoy me, because I was thinking, <clears throat> yeah, you know, we get annoyed with brands bringing out new products all the time and stuff, but when you think about that putter and what it actually stands for, it gives us, as golfers, just more choice so you go into the golf shop you say look i'm really struggling with a putting and i want to treat myself to a new putter i want something that's a bit more going to give me confidence that's different to what i'm using i just want to try some putters out and you go into the the little putting green in the shop and there's some scotty cameras there's some cheaper putters there's some this or some that and you go to the odyssey section there's a two ball and you ever go the two ball it's oh that quite like that and then you go oh, there's a two ball with three lines on let's have a try of that 
oh yeah, I like that a little bit more actually. That little line there gives you a bit more confidence. Oh, it's the same price as the other one. Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm going to get that. That's not a bad thing, is it? <laughs> choice. Yeah. Variety. It's just more choice towards us golfers. Let me, uh, so very quick, and hopefully most people have watched the video. It's the Odyssey have brought out, um, I think this is five or six different styles of putters. I actually had three of them to review where they've used the technology they've used on the golf ball of three lines. Now, these three lines have scientifically been proven to help align your ball up when you're on the putting green. The line started as just a bit of a, a way of identifying your golf ball with a guy in America. Um, he, he was playing with his pals and wanted a way of easily identifying his ball. And he just, the fact he liked these three lines on the golf ball was great. I don't think they actually started life as blue and red. So he noticed after a short period of time, his actual scores got a little bit better just by using these three lines on the golf ball. He thought, is this just a bit of a fad? Is this just a bit of a placebo effect? So he actually reached out to a local university in the States. I can't quite remember which one. And the other scientists look into it and actually went, you know what? There's actually some truth in these lines. However, we actually think they're going to work better in blue and red because your eyes react to those colors even better. So we started doing some tests, and anyway, long story short, they said, yeah, God, this ball's amazing. So they sold, I'm guessing, the patent to um, Callaway, Odyssey, and then they've used it on the golf ball, ERC first, Chrome Soft next, Chrome Soft X, and I'm sure Chrome Soft is going to come soon. And then now, very cleverly, I think, blended it with putter designs. They've already got out the Stroke Lab from the Stroke Lab number 10 all the way to the Bird of Prey, the Marksman, um, the I can't remember every single model. Yeah, two ball, about six, isn't there? Um, and basically, with the golf ball and then the club, the putter. Now it's giving you even more chance of lining the ball up, lining your putter up, and I categorically say it works. Uh, I did a review on it. I had a little test, a little play about it. There's, it's not perfect, as we mentioned in the title of the video, uh, but it could really be a game changer. And as you mentioned, the comments were crazy. The amount of people that just generally gave so much abuse to these three lines, but so much evidence that's gone into it. And actually, again, like Guy said, there's no difference in price. And also, if Odyssey came out and said, every putter we make from now on has these three lines on, then some of those comments from people being a bit annoyed, I would understand. But they're not. It's just one new putter franchise, new line pardon the pun, that has the lines on. <laughs> and you don't have to... I mean, I personally don't line the ball up when I'm putting... I'm one of those golfers that I think there's two counts... Well, there's probably three counts of people that don't care. There's people that have to line up, like you do a line or a logo to the hole or to the starting line where the putt wants to start. Or there's people like me who I like to look down a white golf ball. I don't want to see a logo, I don't want to see a line, I don't want to see anything. But I still like the idea of the three, three lines on the putter because for the two ball one, for example, I'm looking down at the two ball one. I've got the two balls, which obviously I line up again to the hole or to my starting point. And then there's three more lines. It gives me potentially a bit more confidence. But this whole kind of segment, if you like, this whole point I'm making was... I feel annoyed sometimes by golfers and the public jumping onto things too quickly to call them a gimmick without taking a step back and thinking about it in a more kind of broader mindset. And I've actually written down a few things that in my golfing career, if you want to call it a career, 
I'm a full handicap, all right, club golfer, and I'm calling it a career. But um, in my golfing life, you like, down in history yeah, or career. I actually, did you see the um, the picture put on of my Order of Merit trophy? I did, I did. So you didn't believe that. And there's a few comments saying, actually, that's a better trophy than I was expecting. <laughs> I've, so, actually, I've actually, honestly, my mum came around recently. She's moved house and she came around with a box full of golf trophies. I'll actually have to take a picture because I, I do honestly think I probably got like most improved player, <laughs> probably like players, player to first you know, accomplish break breaking a hundred three times in a row and things like that. But I'll bring some trophies in. I'll take some pictures. <laughs> that made me laugh. And I was thinking my first, I remember this so clearly. I think it was probably eight or nine. My first ever junior comp. It was an 18 hole comp at my club, my old club. And I was about nine. So I was too young to play 18 holes in a comp really. I wasn't obviously very good. And at the end of the day, there was a first, second and third prize. And then there was a, a prize for um, who tried the hardest. And, you know, <clears throat> I don't like to flex too much on the podcast, but I, I, uh, I won that quite easily. I must admit, that's what's wrong with uh, with civilization these days. I think I don't think you should get a trophy for who tried the hardest. Yeah, but I was nine years old. I'd walked four and a half miles on the hilly golf course. I think I shot 154. Come on, give a guy a break. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, you probably did try the hardest without exactly. any shots you took. <laughs> um, there are a lot of things in golf that annoy me you i'm sure and probably a lot of people listening as well i think um i think one i mean we're getting onto this no the only thing i was going to add was just four or five things that in my life that i've seen i was starting to say then that have, have have come to market and people at the time said the gimmicks but now they're absolute staples let me reel a few off first of all the two ball Correct. i remember people saying that was a gimmick now it's absolutely a game changer the most sold odyssey putter ever and possibly even the most sold putter ever yeah it's got to be up. Well, maybe the answer, but I suppose I don't know. Actually, but it's up there, isn't it? I think There's so. actual putters sold. Another one, and I remember this clearly. It feels like silly to say this now, but four sixty cc drivers. I remember yeah. when drivers were getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they hit four sixty, and people were saying this is ridiculous. They're too big. They're um, ugly. That you can't swing them as fast, etc. But now again, every driver, bar the exception, is four sixty cc. I also remember. I feel weird that I remember this, but I remember. Um, back in the day when every driver in three would have still steal. And then a graphite came in and people said, oh, it's a gimmick, it won't last, it's too expensive, etc. Graphite Ta- shafts. Yeah, yeah. Tiger's yep. had the driver in the steel, then he had the three would still in his steel shaft and eventually swapped them both. So I remember that. Two more, these are a bit, bit off, not as, as equipmenty, but this kind of are. I remember soft spikes coming out. I remember every spike in shoe was metal and then soft spikes came out. People were like, oh, they don't grip as much. And Tiger again was the last person to really, well, still the odd guy, but one of the last to change into a soft spike. That does, was a Does gimmick. he now? Is he still metal spikes? I think he is now, but until recently, he was still metal in some of his shoes. And another one I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember when two strap bags first came oh, out. Oh, God, yeah. Um, when it was... He's, a, Izzo. Izzo strap. Izzo yeah, straps. Could, and you could actually buy separate straps Correct. for your bag. And Correct. that was, again, at the time, it was kind of, some people were like, oh, my word, that's revolutionary. And other people were like, that's a gimmick. So what I'm getting to is, I'm not saying for one minute this Odyssey putter is the absolute, the game changer, it's going to change the game forever. But I think people sometimes jump on it too much and it's like, just give it a chance. Like yeah, it's, let it breathe. Yeah. Because until a tour player uses it and wins with it, I mm-hmm. think that's a, you know, something that will probably, um, I'll tell you another one, one length irons. Yeah. One length irons was always seen as a gimmick until probably Bryson DeChambeau yeah. won with them and suddenly, oh, maybe there are some truth in it. Um, I think until they weirdly gets that tour validation or it seems to get needs that tour validation first before it gets filtered into the mainstream. It needs to be tour validation and it needs to be people actually trying. And I think also it's the brand's responsibility to keep things going for a few years. And it's like, again, another one, last one I'll mention, R7 driver with four weights in. 
that was like, what? Why do I need weights in my golf club and adjustable, I, uh, adjustable length? Not adjustable length. I can't give me words. Loft. Adjustable loft. There we go. Um, drivers now. At the time, a lot of people looked at that as thinking, well, I can't change a loft when I go and play on the golf course. But it wasn't about that. It was about this, the retail stock less product. We actually have more options. Fitters had more options. And it's again with, with this thing. Everybody's looking at this new putter as thinking, oh, it's a gimmick. I have to buy the matching ball and the matching putter. And it's just, you don't have to. You might no. still use a normal ball. And you might use that on like the three lines. There's it's just more choice. definitely, by the way, out there, tools to draw three lines on the golf ball. I don't know how legal they are. I don't know how much we should be promoting them, but there are tools out there. I've seen them on Twitter and everything where you can actually draw yeah. three lines on a golf ball. So if you do want to use a Pro V1 and the putters, there are there are actually ways of doing it as well, which again gives golfers more choice. Exactly. So I think people need to be a little bit more open-minded, not label it a gimmick straight away. And as I said back to the start, it just made me laugh how half the comic comments were, it's a gimmick, it's rubbish. Half the comments were... This is cheating because it can't be both. It can't be the best thing ever. So it's essentially cheating, but then it can also be a gimmick. It's one or the other. Um, anyway, that's what annoys me at the minute. I've got a few more. What annoys you? Um, what annoys me in golf? I feel like you're too chilled for this. I am quite chilled. Um, I could reel off a few names that <laughs> annoy me, but um, what annoys me? I think sometimes there's this. I don't know if this is going to be strong enough. Actually, come on, Rick. What annoys me? I think I'm going to need to lean on you for this. Okay. Well, luckily for you, I have asked this on social media, and it's absolutely gone mad. <laughs> I bet I read some in a minute, and I'll go. Oh yeah. That so there's a lot me. of the standard ones like slow play and stuff, which I kind of do and don't agree with that. I do. I know. I know what people mean. If you go out for a game of golf and there's someone in front of you that takes absolutely ages, and it almost ruins your day, and you're still on every tee, that is soul destroying. I know. I think the only thing is, I've never. I don't experience that because I don't play yeah. golf at the weekend. So that's, well, I, that's, I understand why that does annoy people. It just doesn't annoy me. Well, a note on that. So if you're a weekend golf and you're paying you know a premium fee to be a member of a golf club and you go into your golf comp and it takes five and a half hours to get round then you're entitled to be absolutely fuming i told you this story a little while ago i at my home club with my brother played the club comp in the summer there was only three of us admitted it wasn't a four ball but three of us we finished the round i think in either four hours or just under four hours and we had an email saying that was too slow and you've been reported <laughs> and that was like come on i mean it People listening may agree with that, but surely a Saturday comp, yeah, we're not playing for the Open or the Masters, but, you know, club comp, you want to play well. I think anything under four hours is, is all right, but there's now the obsession with people sprinting around the course. But on the flip side, I understand people don't want to be held up for, for hours. So slow play is coming through a lot. Okay, I've got one. Go on. The idea, what annoys me is golfers who think because things cost more, they're going to perform better. Yes. That that annoys me. Because just because it costs more does not mean it's going to perform better. No, I agree. Um, I think, you know, the guys who, if they want to spend more on equipment, <clears throat> I've got no issues with that. I yeah. get that completely. It's when players buy the most expensive equipment believing it's going to make them better at golf. That's, that annoys me personally. That's a good point because that works both ways because I also get annoyed when people moan about the price of certain products. So, for example... Yeah, Scotty Cameron's are very expensive. At, let's call it best part of £350, whatever they are now. But the people that buy them, if they buy them thinking they're going to help the putting, are probably wrong. But also, people that buy them might just want a Scotty Cameron. 
So it's like, I feel people get a bit of hate sometimes for spending so much money on a golf club, but it's up to them what they spend. It's like we've said a few times, it's like a piece of jewellery, isn't it? It's got a Cameron, really. You're buying it because you want it. Cluster. It looks great. They hold the value very Cluster. well as well, which is a big thing. I've got a few more. Go on. Players who don't repair the pitch marks mm-hmm. should be blocked, banned. You, you never do more filming, though. <laughs> <laughs> you just... Weirdly, we've started filming more of me repairing divots and pitch marks recently because golfers or people viewers will complain because they don't see me do it. So I always repair pitch marks and always repair divots. Um, another one players who park their equipment and this is not it links with slow play a little bit but more when they park their equipment i.e the trolley the golf it's a bit the weird golf that bag, where do you park your equipment <laughs> um the wrong side of the green for where the next team yeah, is i hate that you know if, if let's say they've put the the trolley at the front of the green and and this is not and i've seen this with good players this is not just new golfers i've seen this with good players i've seen this with established players and I've seen it with players who know the golf course, so they can't even complain that it's actually because they're playing a golf course they don't know when they put the ball uh, when they put the bag in the wrong location for the next tee. That is bloody frustrating. I've got one here, and I'm not going to name the name of the user on Twitter, but they've basically said things that they hate and listed some things down. And some of them I agree with litter, fair enough, slow play, divots. They've then put something that I actually hate them for hating. They've put jeans. I couldn't give a toss if someone's wearing a no, pair of jeans in the golf neither. course. I honestly couldn't care. I couldn't And I, I love wearing jeans. I'm more comfortable in wearing jeans. And I would rather wear jeans mm-hmm. um, on the but, golf course. And it doesn't it doesn't offend me if I saw someone wearing jeans. Does that not say more about... Imagine me and you were playing and we're on the fourth hole and I go, oh, look at that idiot over there. And you go, what, what, what's it, what, what are they doing? You've got jeans on. I thought it may say more about me. Like, I'd be like, that's a bit weird. Like, so what? Like, if they're doing something wrong, then fair enough. But just because they're wearing jeans, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit silly, that. I think I think that the whole idea of dress code, I, it's a tricky one because I honestly think if dress code were relaxed, I probably wouldn't wear that much different to what I normally wear on the golf course anyway, personally. Mm. Um, I might wear a hoodie every now and again because yeah. I like wearing hoodies. I'd possibly wear non-golf trousers every now and again. Um, I don't think I'd massively untuck my shirt on purpose. I think I would. Yeah, I'm not too fussed with that. I feel freer when I got See, my shirt See, when, when I played in Vegas and I had shorts on and, and I played with Pete and I had my t- shirt tucked it out, that was more because it was hot and yeah. I, I wanted it. I wanted the breeze going up my top. There was a few comments <laughs> about that saying, you know, you shouldn't be wearing this, that and the other. So sad. Um, socks. I never understand that rule. I, I don't You should wear that. whatever socks you freaking want. I think it looks best personally when you wear trainer socks and you don't see the sock because then it makes the shoe look better. Correct. So if they're wearing the new modern like <clears throat> Nike style trainers, I think a trainer sock that cuts under the, the top of the shoe looks like a big chunky sock hanging out. Looks a bit rubbish. Personally. So you're telling me you're offended for people who wear long socks? Yeah, because that's a choice, guy. It is a choice. It's a wrong choice. <laughs> and if I ever see you, I'm going to tell you. I don't it's like your socks. <laughs> it's more of a fashion choice. Yeah, I think dress guys. You know, I I would say I'm probably most comfortable when I go to a driving range hitting golf balls where I've got my golf shoes on or golf trainers now with Nike and the, you know, the spikeless, maybe a pair of black jeans, maybe a bit of a t-shirt, a hoodie, a, a kind of a, a, a sleeveless tank top or whatever. That's kind of, I'd like to go and play golf in that. Mm. I'm honest, actually, when I play golf with a hoodie, sometimes it's not as practical because the hood kind of whacks you in the face. Tony Finau's done that a few times now, hasn't he? He's played in the hoodie. Yeah. And I like it and I probably would myself, but then sometimes I almost think like, is it trying too hard to be cool? 
I think for me, the only thing I don't like about dress code, and it's not actually that, it doesn't offend me that much because I grew up around the whole thing of dress code. It's just the fact that if I want to go to the golf course, I have to go home and get changed first a lot of the time. And it's yeah. more just that inconvenience. And by the time you get in the house, you end up thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going again now. So that's just, just one more barrier to get into the golf course. Who do you think is the most fashionable player on tour? Um, That's a good question. Who do you think would, would wear the least amount, the least golfy clothing if they were allowed to not wear golf clothes? I reckon Jason Day would be up there. I think 100% Jason Day. Um, I'll tell you what, though, it depends on... I like the more modern, like, athletic look now, like, obviously, like a Brooks Koepka's worm, but that's because, obviously, it's Nike and they kind of get almost scripted what to wear. I always think Adam Scott looks fresh. He does, Just, yeah. Do you ever remember it's the old classic. Burberry jumper? That's the, the only problem. Burberry jumper days, I think the Burberry pattern on it, he's elbow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a bit classic, but I feel like I like two styles in golf. I like the ultra-sporty, ultra-modern look, and like the other end where you've got like a, a real classic foot joy and nice traditional trousers. I kind of like both, really. Um, who else looks good? I just think Tommy Fleetwood looks good. Yeah, Tommy does. Tony now. Yeah, a lot of the Nike guys. I'm probably are going to say a lot of the Nike guys, to be fair. I think who would look worst who would look okay oh. who would look worst if they weren't scripted with what to wear I think Tiger I think <laughs> he'd come like a rubber dad wouldn't he he would <laughs> with his cap backwards and his and his tank top and his like dead white Nike trainers he's so cool but yeah he's actually quite uncool in a yeah. weird way he's like on the golf course he's, he can't be any cooler than Tiger Woods it's literally impossible <laughs> Off the golf course, it's like when that that meme has got his hat on backwards. Part of it looks really cool, and part of it's like, oh, dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could imagine, couldn't you? Yeah, I think he would struggle the most if he was just left to his own devices, wore what he wanted. I think your wardrobe does a lot to be persona on a golf course because when before when Rory was Oakley and stuff in his amateur days, he wasn't, and his hair didn't help, but he wasn't that really cool, was he? And as soon as you get like a clean sponsorship and you get like obviously told what to wear and it's the more modern cut. It start and a lot of the Nike guys as well going back to Nike, but they tend to get a little more into the fitness and stuff as well. They look so much better. But I think yeah. Jason Day would probably be the coolest. I do. When I, it, it was one of the, a couple of years ago, I spent some time with him. It was about. I, I was surprised he wasn't going to bring out his own fashion line with yeah. Nike. You know, I, I could see a Nike and Jason Day collaboration yeah. of such where he could just be allowed to wear, you know, make what he wants. But well, now it's it's going to be probably Brooks with the new shoe that had, has actually been announced. We can talk about that a little bit. That looks sick. It does. It was supposed to be out much later in the year, but it's now going to be the first of April. Uh, was it Infinity Tour? Uh, no, it's the, is it is that what it's called? The it's one that, the React is, so, the React Soul. The, the one the that's designed apparently, and, and this is you know it's designed to so, make him swing faster. Yes. So a little bit on that. It's basically again, obviously I worked at Nike, so what they tend to find is a lot of the guys that obviously are sponsored by Nike naturally will wear the, the running trainers, or whatever, and they're in the gym a lot. So you tend to find they'll wear a type of cushion or whatever, fall in love with it, and then be like, I want to go if it's like that. So the story always was that a lot of Rory's shoes were because he wore the gym shoes that are kind of similar, etc. And that is apparently the story with the new one that. Uh, Brooks Kepka runs a lot in the Nike React cushioning, which is really soft and spongy. So the new golf shoe is very similar to that, but yet with the traction on it as well. So they're claiming that obviously you can swing faster in this golf shoe as well. Yeah, they um, look so good. They do look really and good. And the one that I was out in Dubai promoting as well, the, the, Nike, the Nike Air Max 97s, honestly. Yeah. I think they could be my favourite ever. Um, I think as well the backstory behind that shoe is so fascinating. But anyway, to bring it onto a golf shoe is cool. Stay tuned to the video of that because you might get a chance to uh, to win a signed pair from Mr. Tommy Fleetwood nice. coming out soon. Um, yeah, a lot, I think a lot of things annoy me. Is there any? Uh, let's read some more. Um, da, 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 da. I'm I feel annoyed. Like I've asked it on too many places because there's too many things coming through. Golfers in golf just people do anything for money. 
Hmm. Okay, that's uh, that's a that's a deep one. What was that? Was <laughs> that, that on Twitter? Was, uh, yeah, I'm not not prepared to read that. Now, if I'm honest, uh, club marketing. Yes, that annoys people. It annoys me a bit. I think, but again, what well, what are you going to do? The only thing I think the club market manufacturers should potentially do is bring out a club and go, here's a new one. But I just think they'd lose sales, I honestly do. The problem is, I've said this loads of times, it's this messaging of performance because now we've got people like yourself who are reviewing golf clubs openly and honestly and having it results-driven. You can't bring out a golf club and say it performs better and then it not do because it, 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 it's, it's not right, is it? It just... Whereas, obviously, so with the market, whether it be phones or cars, you know, the cars get faster, they get more fuel-efficient, they have more things. Like, every car now pretty much got, like, sat-nav built-in and Bluetooth built-in, whereas 10 years ago, it was quite rare. Phone cameras are getting better, the phone's getting faster, there's more memory. There's there's real, like, tangible things. I think what enough brand, what not many brands are doing this, and I think they should, is, is they're never going to say... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we've hit the limit because they probably haven't hit the limit and there'll be something that comes along in the next few years ago. Oh my, that was game yeah, how, how did we not think of that before? Yeah, but why don't they start being more creative so obviously cobra have introduced the arcos into the grip that's not again it's not game changer but it's it's something you know why aren't more brands doing things like that where they're introducing like technology or you know more customization i know some brands again callaway do do that they're charging extra are they i'm sure they are if not you've got to wait for long yeah you have to wait i guess but i don't know there could be more things that they do that are 
I don't know. It's hard for me to think because I'm again, I'm not an engineer. I, I think but... you should, one thing. I think you should be able to, you know, if you if you got fitted for a golf club, they should build it for you and let you have it for two weeks and then decide if you want to buy it or not. You know, give you a bit of time to actually test it. Cause I think testing their fitting situation, as we mentioned in the podcast a couple of episodes ago, is so hard to do. Um, what about yeah. this then? What about if and the nev- no one's probably going to do this, but I think it should be class. If I'm going to use Ping for an example because they've not released a new driver just yet, or you could say Titleist, but let's just say Ping for the time being. G410 has been out for, is it up to a year nearly now? It feels like a year, roughly. They're probably due to drop a new one in the middle of this year. How good of a marketing message would this be if you had all this, like, tweets and Instagram stuff and videos and stuff, and Ping were like, something's coming, something's coming, something's coming, whatever. And on the 1st of July, they announced, actually, they're not bringing out a new driver because the G410 is the best driver they can build and they're not replacing it. I think that marketing message will be so strong that people would go, seeing that Ping aren't bringing out a new driver, that they're saying the G410 is the best driver still. I've, I've got to try that because that's mad. I've never heard that before. People flood to the shop to try it and go, actually, yeah, it's quite good. or oh, it's as good. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be strong. I'm going to play devil. I think it'll go the opposite way. People wouldn't. I think people are like, all right, so Ping have run out of ideas. All right. Okay. Well, <sighs> if Ping aren't if Ping aren't going to make me hit it further, there must be another brand that will do, because yeah. people do want to believe, and and I get it. I do. That there's there is some magic formula, and I get it. Like mm. you know, if I I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but if I bought something brand new now, I'd want it to perform. I'd expect it to perform better, and I'd be, you know. But would you though? As in you, golf equipment, yeah. Golf equipment's different because I know it inside now. I'm thinking something maybe I don't know as much about. You know, something, ah, okay, but... you know, something that potentially, you know, that w- we know that's not much of a difference anymore. But actually, there's a lot of things. Is <laughs> another industry that's getting, got the rules into darts? No. But... <laughs> is there any other sports though, or, or industries? I'm sure, like where there is such. Obviously, the car industry has loads of rules in place because of safety and things like that. But at the end of the day. Let's, I'm just looking at a golf out the window now. I'm not going to name whose golf it is, but it looks really nice. Like, that car could come out next year and say it's exactly the same car, but we've made the touchscreen bigger. We've made it... I don't know, things in it that are still tangible better. They might not perform differently, but there's things in it that are better. A car's so easy to make things better, though, isn't it? That's the issue. You could make things better in the car and still have the same, exactly the same car, but you could sharpen up the edges. You could make it look more aerodynamic. It could be slightly better on fuel consumption. It might, like say, have a bigger okay, touchscreen. And... But what about, here's one then. So we know that really Scotty Cameron's messaging isn't really about performance massively, is it? It's more about the craftsmanship, the luxury of them. Correct. And every time a new one comes out, you would never do a review compared to last year's because that wouldn't make any sense. Have drivers, have the brands with the drivers not got themselves trapped in this industry of con- consistent improving performance or trying to and now it's like the back into a corner whereas if they just kind of said look guys there is a limit we've hit that limit but we're going to make new drivers of you that look better that feel nice that are more nicer jewellery for want of a better phrase would that almost in a weird way I don't know because putters still yeah. sell I think the only thing is that I think the first brand that go on that struggle yeah I think the first brand that go with that message if it is ping that goes first they struggle if it's tight they struggle I think until all of them go and I'd be surprised if they did. I don't think it would work to some degree. Uh, I've just read, read another one here on Twitter. It was quite good. Uh, I've got another little topic as well. Maybe we can break this up a fraction. This is some, is it actually, no, it's still a bit of a pet hate. No. Where's it gone now? It's on Twitter. Oh, no, it wasn't on Twitter. Sorry, my bad. It was on Facebook. Do, 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 do. By the way, Facebook podcast page, over 9,000 members. 
Class. The interaction is good. By the way, guys, just a quick one on that, if you are a member of the podcast group. Um, I do read everything. I don't often get a chance to re- reply to everything. Um, just imagine your phone on full notification modes all the time, <clears throat> and every single comment, you're pretty much tagged in all comments. I love. I read them all. It's just hard for me to reply to every one of them, but believe me, I do read everything. Um, are you ready for this? Yeah. I read a good one before, but it, uh, it's gone. I think it was something about your playing part that's not helping you look for your golf ball, which is quite annoying. One thing that is annoying me at the minute, and it's I see a lot of people asking this in the in the group, and it's not kind of their fault at all because it's been something that's been drummed into us. And we've had this discussion last week or the week before, is this whole thing of game improvement golf clubs. And the more I think about it and the more I look into it, it's starting to annoy me. So... There was a guy that asked on the podcast that he tagged me on it about um, something like, I can't remember his name, but something along the lines broadly of I'm a mid-handicapper, I've got whatever irons, when should I be looking at buying, and, and I've got game-improvement irons, when should I look at getting like, non-game-improvement irons or players' irons or whatever. And I want to use an example now, and I want you to be a little dummy on this. So Maverick Drivers is three, okay? There's a Maverick Sub-Zero, which obviously you know about. There's a Maverick Standard and there's Maverick Max. Which one of those would you class as the game improvement driver? Max. Okay. That would be your answer. Now, that's not that you're wrong. That's because that's the way that our minds have been um, kind of processed over recent years to say that that's the game improvement driver or irons or whatever. Now, I'm going to ask you another question now. I want to see your answer to this one. Okay. You're working in a retail shop. Hi. Uh, Hi. How can I help you today? My name's Guy. Hi, Guy. I'm, I'm a really I'm good. Go- I'm a really good golfer. Okay. I play off plus three. Nice. Um, but my game's struggling with driver at the minute. So I've been measured before, and I'd like to go on your monitor in a minute. But I swing at 125 miles an hour. Wow, flex. Yeah. I spin it ridiculously. Okay. And my launch is 20 degrees because I'm so powerful; it just goes up in the air, and I spin it like mad. Okay. I want a Callaway driver because I'm a Callaway fan, and I want one of the new Mavericks. Which one would you recommend? Well, let's start you off with the standard, then move you into the Sub Zero. Okay. Was the max going to improve my game? It's going to spin too much because the but, center of gravity is too far back. Okay. So straight away we've answered there, isn't it? The Maverick Max isn't necessarily always a game improvement driver because for that customer, it would be the game worsening driver. <laughs> so, mate, so what I'm trying to get to is, and that's worked, our go-to answer would be Maverick Max is a game improver. But for that little scenario then, we've already come to the conclusion that Maverick Max is not the game improver. Same again, that could be not to be a silly way of looking at it, but... Game improvement is down to the individual. So for some golfers, the Sub-Zero is the game improvement driver. For some golfers, the Maverick standards the game improvement, and some it is the Maverick Max. And it's the same with irons. This whole thing of game improvement irons is because they go further because they're stronger lofted, and they launch a bit higher because of the CG location. But for a golfer that's not looking for more distance necessarily... I would get worse... I'd be a worse golfer if I played with 100% and it would Maverick change. Max Irons. Definitely. So they, they have Maverick Max Irons. Uh, yeah, Whatever. I so. Something that I would be a worse golfer if I had really so chunky forgiving irons. We can agree then that for you, those irons aren't game improvement. No. Exactly. So that's, I know it's a bit silly. I'm going on about this a bit, probably a bit too much, but people have this thing in their head that game improvement irons, every golfer you should buy should either be to improve your game or because you just want it and you like the look of it. But yeah, there's this market for players and then game improvement, and it's confusing people so much. <laughs> you got a good point. <laughs> you look at tour players, if you said to them, I'm going to improve your game, 
these this irons are going to be game improvement irons. Mm-hmm. They're going to improve your game. Um, where am I going with this? They would instantly think, sure, that's going to be a big cavity-backed iron. Yeah. But then they wouldn't like the look of it, etc. Game improvement, you're right, is you should be looking at a set of clubs that are going to improve your game regardless or you just like to look them and you want new clubs. And another thing on that as well with game improvement irons, if we want to still call them that, is that we all know, or you, you should know, that the less loft golf club has, the typically the harder it is to, to use, and you're going to see more the tilt, the golf balls, gonna the axis that spins is going to tilt more. So that's typically why you would slice or hook your driver more than you would slice or hook your pitching wedge, for example. But the modern game improvement irons are getting so incredibly strong. Are we allowed to talk about one you sent me the other that's day? That's what I'm just Googling now, because I don't know. Um, so a guy sent me a snapshot of some let me just, uh, specs on a new set of irons that are going to be coming out. And they are the strongest lofts I've ever seen from a brand I did not expect so to make such know. strong lofts. I need to check my emails. Really it's not your... Normally, TaylorMade and Callaway bring out the most ridiculous lofts. This is from a brand that aren't known for bringing out <clears throat> outrageously lo- strong lofts. Um, yeah, so I don't think the embargo... Can you remember what the number was? I can remember everything about them. I just don't what, was the, what was the seven iron so loft? Th- well, that's, I can't remember anything about them. The, 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 pit, the pitching wedge is, is 39 degrees. So that, so to give you a concept, my eight iron is 38 degrees that I use. So it's actually, I think, tomorrow the embargo, so we can't name too much about it. But What was the seven iron loft again? 26? Um, I don't know where they put the document, but it was ludicrous. So a, a normal pitch, or a, I don't know what normal is anymore, a, a loft of a pitching wedge is always typically known, a traditional loft is 34 degrees for a 7.9. It's definitely getting close to 30 degrees for most standard sets now. And this set that's coming out is, I'm sure it's 26 degrees 7.9. Let's have a look. I've got so, the it's, so it's 8 degrees stronger than the 7.9 that I use. To give 8 degrees a little bit of perspective, I would say I'd hit each degree, I'd hit about 3 yards longer. So that particular 7-iron, I should hit 24 yards longer than my 7-iron. This is what's, again, annoying me. The pitching wedge of the set Oops, sorry, is I just 38 degrees, right? So then you cut, the set then comes with a double a wedge for... it. Come, <laughs> the set of irons comes with three pitching wedges. It genuinely does. It comes with an actual P on the bottom, which is 38. Then it comes with a W, 43, which is 43. Then it comes with a W, 49, which is 49. So the set of irons comes five to wedge 49. So your five iron is 20 degrees, which is stronger than a traditional three iron at 21. That's ridiculous. My two iron's 18 degrees. But the thing is, and the the claim is, oh, they still will launch high and they go further, and the consumer that wants this likes to have that ego that they're hitting the pitching wedge as far as the friend's hitting the eight iron, because it is really an eight iron. But they've still got three pitching wedges in the bag. So the mate says, what do you hit there? Pitching wedge, you hit which one? Like and it that suit it won't take long for the mates to say, Yeah, but that pitching wedge is the same loft as my eight iron, so you're not you know, you're not impressing me with that. It's just you, you can't hide it anymore. Do you think lofts should be on clubs? I do and I don't. I think in one way it doesn't massively matter, but it only matters, I think, for the for people that go and, and say, try out their own seven iron versus this new seven iron in question, and it's literally a five iron. I think what should be a fair test would be to say if in that fitting situation well, actually, we're going to test your current 5-iron against this 7-iron, and let's have a look at distance. Let's see if they are more forgiving. Let's see if your launch is different. 
Um, you know what it'd be like in a in a sales because you weren't so much salesy when you're fitting, were you? No. So I you worked, were just fitting. Yeah, I worked. The beauty of my job was I worked for Nike as a fitter, and I went to venues, whether it be club pros or big retailers. And I fitted consumers that were booked in for a fitting. Now, it actually genuinely made no difference to me on that day if the consumer bought or didn't buy. Obviously, it was nice if they did because then the retailers, that would be pleased it sold some product. But in terms of my job, I got no rewards, no commission, no nothing for selling products. So I fitted to what worked for them. How different would your... Not fitting so much, but how different would you have acted if you were incentivized on sales... I'd have sold loads more. Yeah, I used to work in a, and it sounds horrible to say, and I feel bad saying it now, but before Nike, when I was studying at university, I used to work at golf retail that was incentivized, and I would massively push product. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. Um, so I worked story time with Guy. <laughs> this is uh, yeah, I worked at said retail. I'm not going to mention, but if you listen to any of the podcasts before, you might be able to work it out. I feel and like I've not spoke much this podcast. <laughs> this is a good story. I'll leave it on this. <laughs> so this story, um, a Premier League footballer that played for United came into the store when I wasn't working. And he saw one of my colleagues who sold him everything from, um, should I say the brand or not, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Why not? From Yonix. So Yonix, it's good stuff to be fair. But at the time at the retail I was working at, Yonix was major commission, like ridiculous. So this footballer came in with more money than sense. Um, and bought everything Yonix, right? I think three days later, his twin brother came in, who was also a Premier League footballer who played for the same team. So if you know much about football, you can probably work that out. Didn't you say United a minute ago? Oh, okay, United then. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what I've said and what I've not said. (laughs) So his twin brother came in um, and said, I want everything the same as what my brother's got, basically. I want some new clubs or whatever. Now, the colleague that sold the other brothers wasn't in, so I went around having this sale. I sold him everything as well, Yonix, so bag, uh, didn't do a putter, but wedges, every, everything can name, because I knew that this footballer's money would make me more money. I didn't think Yonix was the best stuff necessarily. It wasn't bad. It wasn't any better than Callaway or better than Titleist, which actually would have been cheaper because it was so expensive, the Yonix stuff. But I made a fortune. And that's just how it was. And I that's feel... <clears throat> no, it's, I don't think... I, that's It's not your fault. It's the retailer's yeah. fault for incentivizing you in that way or the brand's fault because <clears throat> I think if I was to fit people with no incentive vision for selling the clubs. You know, it, I would tell them straight down the line, this club is going for further than that club because it's eight degrees stronger. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for fitters and people in the sales business to currently sugarcoat it and just happen to neglect the fact that this golf club is eight degrees stronger 100%. and go, oh my God, have you seen how far you're hitting this new X? brand seven iron it's 24 yards further than your seven iron imagine that par three now you can't can reach now in in one or the par five you'll be reaching par fives in two your score will be tumbling down you're gonna get you're gonna get women flocking around you you're gonna be getting you know living the high life i'll be surprised by this time next year if you're not a millionaire and possibly playing out on tour i think from from that standpoint it's making it from a from a sales retail standpoint if you're in fitting to make money it's so much easier now if if you do do see an iron that's eight degrees stronger Mm -hmm. as a retailer you're probably thinking brilliant yeah this is so easy which is wrong 100 percent. i've got one for you so let's again you're the retailer i like this little scenario you're you're the retailer i come in for these irons which we're not going to name yet and I get fitted, I'm hitting the miles, right? Okay. Seven irons going miles. And I say to you, well, aren't they quite strong loft? And I guess your response would be, yeah, but they launch high, they do all this stuff, right? Okay, oh, that makes sense then. 
I then come in the next day and say, oh, Rick, I've got a problem with these irons. And you go, oh, okay. Yeah, when I try and chip and run with seven iron, it comes off. It doesn't really feel... It goes too far. It feels weird. Oh, oh right, yeah. And I'm sure the response would then be, oh, oh yeah, but the seven iron's the stronger lofts. You need to start chipping with your nine iron. Yeah. Oh, right, so you've admitted now the lofts are strong and that's going to affect performance. Oh, well, now it does. But it's okay when it's the way around. The iron's are miles. Of course it is. So, again... And I think it's dodgy as well. And and I, and I honestly believe, and I, I don't like getting fitted for products. I don't. One, because brands and manufacturers are a bit funny with me. They're, they're always wanting to beat whatever's in my bag. And, and, and I know they can fudge numbers. I, you know, I said this on Twitter recently. I think there's a ways of suddenly you're hitting your own driver. Oh, just hit 10 for me. Loosen up with your own 10 drivers. And you just get out of the car and you hit your 10 drivers, your own, whatever it is. And they've taken average. Right, that's your average. And, they, you know, you don't know. They've, they know how to use the computer better than you do. They might take out your best shot and suddenly you're, you're averaging at 250 yards carry, let's say. Right, this is the new driver for you. We're going to put you in this spec. We're going to loft it to this. We're going to do this. Straight away, you hit five or six shots that you're already warmed up for and you start hitting it further. And the averages now says 270. And you go, well hold on, I'm sure I hit one at like 220. No, 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 we've taken that one out because, you know, it was a bit of an off, off-centred hit or whatever it may be. No, look, you're actually hitting this 20, 20 yards further. Mm. They're the experts. You're going to yeah. believe them. And I, and this is where, for me, fittings just have a big question mark over it. As much as I do believe getting a good fitting is correct, I, I think the best fittings for me is when you pay for a fitting. When you actually go to a professional fitter, yeah. so I know a really good fitter, Torex, Nick Hibbs, yeah. he'll charge you £100 for a fitting. He's made his money. If you buy or don't buy, he's made his money. If He'll recommend you to buy because the product's better, whatever it is. But he's, you know, and that, I think whenever you get a free fitting, it sometimes leaves a question mark. And certainly even if you go, I always recommend going to the brands, but even the brands can fudge it so much. It's It's... Scary world for golfers out there, and I think you've just got to go in there with the right mindset. And hopefully, with the videos that we produce, we give you the information that you need to go into these video, uh, into these fittings with facts to say, "Hold on, don't BS me. This seven irons eight degrees stronger than what I'm currently using. That's why it's going twenty odd yards yeah. further." Because I've seen it in fittings before; it's not nice. And also, as well, this this is a tough one because I don't know how this changes and when it can change. But again, you go down to any of these places for a fitting, whether it be a retailer, and you try the seven iron out because typically they only have a seven iron fitting head. Sometimes they may have a five and a wedge, but typically it's only a seven iron. So you're hitting it off a mat. Okay, great. There's no on course testing. There's no chipping out around the green. There's no bunker play. You know, a furry bunkers. Um, and I think that I know it's hard to do. So whether you know whether more club pros can do this, you can buy in more full sets and let you go on the course and try them. I don't know how that's if it's possible, but it seems a bit strange now that so much emphasis on fitting, but yet you try in a scenario where you don't play golf. It's mad, isn't it? It's like going saying right, okay, you want to try some new running shoes. Yeah, I'd love to try those new running shoes on. Okay, well we've not got a treadmill, we've not got a road, but we can run in this sand. Oh, I don't run in sand. Yeah, Actually, but... you're not allowed to run in those. You have to walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to run on the sand and then you have to walk as well in that. Well, I don't run in sand. I want to run on tarmac. I want to run a treadmill or whatever. The mats, and this is a bit of an off topic, but mats are so different to obviously how it was on course, which is why a lot of our reviews is done on both to get some numbers but then to take them on the course as well. So it just feels strange that people are getting this kind of real one-dimensional fitting where you get one golf club from a set of irons that cost over a grand and that's it off a mat done. I know. It's tricky. I don't know. I don't know what the right formula is because if you're in the UK, let's say here, you know, 
as much as you might offer a grass fitting, it can be wet, it can be horrible. Yeah. The ground conditions can be dreadful. I'll tell you where the best I've ever seen it, actually, just in hindsight, the best. Um, I went to Ping HQ in Arizona a few years ago, and where the mat normally is, they brought a, a pickup truck, pickup truck, forklift truck, pushed it up to the bay, lifted up the mat with a pallet, reversed. Mm. Two minutes later, the same pickup truck came back with a pallet, and on that pallet was grass. Oh, my dear. So they put the grass pallet, so a grass mat, inside the bay so you could hit shots off real grass indoors. And I don't know where that grass was made, but it was uh, it was pure grass. Um, anyway, I feel like there's been the negatives. It's, it's, been, but it's been nice to have a good moan. And <laughs> I say all this. We're talking about all Maybe this. Maybe we make it every, every week. <laughs> there's one thing we've not mentioned that actually tops all this. The most annoying thing in golf is trolls. Trolls. <laughs> but teeing up with a brand new Pro V1 and losing it on the first shot. Nothing can top that. That's the worst thing in golf ever. Final. <laughs> Done. Should we have some positives? I believe we've got um, a selection of listen- listeners of the week. This is, yeah. So if you listen to the last episode or last couple of episodes, you know the criteria to get listeners of the week. And it isn't hard. Anyone can do it. You listening now thinking, oh, I could never listen to the week. <laughs> Little old me. It could be you. Got to be in it to win it. So the criteria is email podcast at rickshields.com. Start your email off saying, hi, Guy and Rick, or whatever. It has to be me first. <laughs> I'm joking. That always does well, though. And um, screenshot your rating of the podcast if you use Apple. If you don't use that, then send us a screenshot of you sharing the podcast with share your the friends. Pod. Yeah, I'll share the pod. Someone else's Pass the podcast. pod if you listen to Peter Crouch. Um, so we had loads of people do that this week to the point where it actually got a bit too many, but please keep sending them in. And I've picked five. Oh, is it six? Yeah, I picked five people. You're getting too generous. I know. I think we're going to have listeners of the week for this week, and then we have to go back to listener. But so, in no particular order, we've got Brett Bates, we've got Charlie Haggart, we've got Mitchell Gibbs, we've got Adam Stratton, and we've got Chris Tillery, who have all sent us really good emails. Obviously, I'd love to go through them all, but I can't just for the time and stuff. Um, but they've also sent really nice emails, some really long emails as well. But again, we both love reading through them. It's so yeah, good. Thank you so much. Read those names out again, Guy. So Brett Bates, Chris Tillery, Charlie Haggart, Mitchell Gibbs, and Adam Stratton. And also, just a quick note on that. I've seen that when people have been have been um, sending you tweets, Rick, with nice messages, you've been following some people back, right? I have, I have. Yeah, so obviously, <clears throat> I think... Uh, I think now because we are um, YouTube, Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I think I've had a few tweets where I said, listen, I literally follow you on every platform. I love what you do. So it's only nice if I give them a follow back on, on Twitter as well. So um, no, thank you very much for the nice comments. It's been great. And like I said, the, the emails we've been having in it have been unbelievable thank you so much and they've been so it's so nice to read them that in fact you're in love you've been loving the podcast we're loving making them um i think it gives us an opportunity to talk about things that we don't often get talked about in videos it gives us an opportunity to moan um and (laughs) it gives us an opportunity to connect with you guys while potentially driving to work or driving home from work or whatever doing the gardening that's when i listen to podcasts even though i don't really Garden that much i'm in the car whatever so um no it's class we've been loving all of the interaction like i said the facebook group is getting close to ten thousand followers if you want to share that around there is actually a really easy way to share it i found it the other day you just click on the top uh right corner where's the three dots share 
share on Facebook, share as a message or copy link. Let's try and get that to 10,000 members by the end, by the next podcast episode next Monday. <clears throat> Is that it? I think so. I've got one more idea. I've not run by it yet. So this may get chopped out of the podcast. <laughs> we'll see if it stays in. Don't ever really edit them, but this could do. What about if, give it another couple of weeks, let's keep having listeners of the week, let's keep looking at the good comments, and why don't we go big? Why don't we, I don't know what you're going to say to this, why don't we almost sponsor a listener for the year so we could potentially, <laughs> it's not going to make the cut. What do you mean? What are you going to say? Like, I don't know, In some, someone, someone's like, wanting some new set of irons or they want they need help with the game or just something and we can like sponsor them for the year i don't know how that would look let's need to iron this out a bit more we could keep track on them we could keep track the progress um so giving something back to the real hardcore fans so something i don't know we can iron this out more i'll tell you what and i'll i'll do it but they've got to be under 18 okay so we'll do a junior so junior right. sponsorship so send your emails with with why your son, your daughter, mm-hmm. or you, if you're under 18, want to get sponsored for the year, we'll come up with something where we can look after your golf. Some, I don't know what, what this entire... This is really... Yet. I just thought of this. I know. It's really random. Guys, just stitch me up. We need to, we need, <laughs> guys, we need to get this podcast sponsored, by the way. <laughs> it's going to cost somebody fortune. But yeah, let, let's work it out. Um, like I say, if you've got somebody who needs support or needs help playing golf, I get a lot of emails all the time. And, and listen, it is tough. I can't you know, help everyone in any way, shape or... Like, I can't help but, everybody... But this would be a nice little way of somehow tracking someone who's got some promise, some potential that's under 18 that, you know, potentially wants the membership paying for or some new clubs or whatever. Let, let's let's think about yeah, it. Yeah, and even abroad, it could, like, again, it's some, some you know, a junior that's doing well and they want some more exposure. They want some... Twitter followers. Yeah, just, TikTok it doesn't followers. have to just be necessarily like a financial sponsorship, but just like some backing and everyone gets behind this. I'm just thinking it'd be really cool to have like little Sam could be male or female obviously who's 16 is doing really well the golf and you know we all get behind them as a podcast we start watching how they're doing an event junior comps the you know all behind them they've got all this support it, i think just something that we can because we've built up a really good like community and we can be behind somebody who knows then they could be on tour and, cool. and if everybody in the podcast don't podcast group donates 10 pounds yeah. well then we're, <laughs> we're flying uh, right guys thanks for listening to a new episode of the podcast uh we are out lots of exciting videos coming this week hopefully night golf tonight from dubai uh tommy fleetwood videos more reviews something exciting as well we're going to go and buy some golf clubs right now and review them later on today thanks for listening guys stay tuned lots more to come and that is podcast episode episode number 12 done 